everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Black Girl Brunch. My name is Eva. And I'm Sabrina. And we are sleepy. Very <laughs> sleepy. Uh, we were sleepy last episode, and we sleepy this episode. Well, I'm sorry. Life is lifing. We've been sleepier than normal. I don't know. If that's what being 30 is, I, what can I do to, to stop it? Yeah, I don't like it. Enough! I'm too sleepy all the time, but you know what? I fell asleep in my office chair sitting up today on my break. (laughs) That was my break. Instead of taking lunch, I wanted to sleep. My eyelids were burning throughout all my different, like, meetings. And I was just like, I really have no other choice but to continue to work. That's crazy to me. Like, this is is slavery. It's insane. But I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy to be talking and to be podcasting and to be... In this space. Everybody get up. Oh my God. Yeah, I, need, I haven't listened to that song at a cookout in a long time. And I think that's what's going down. That's what's wrong with the black community. <laughs> the people not playing square biz enough. I agree. Definitely agree. Mm-hmm. And Frankie Beverly, like, I feel like that will solve a lot of our problems if we all collectively like listen to that. Sure. I'll like do some big ass speakers though. Like, you know. Mm-hmm. I do not disagree. I wanted to ask you how you were, but we kind of covered it. Sleepy. Yeah, I'm very sleepy. Um, I feel like, whoa, only Tuesday? But mm-hmm. it's kind of helped having Monday off, but I still didn't feel off because my brain was still like, ah. But yeah, anywho. Um, That's yeah, a weekend, bro. That shit was slapping. When I tell you, I felt like, you know how like cartoons, they be sleep and they be like hugging their pillow. Like that's how they be sleep and they be like drooling. That's how I was. I was really like, let me just enjoy this time off. Like my favorite thing is being able to sleep for, lay in bed for as long as I want to. And like, if I want to get up at 11, I can. Like, I just like to lay in bed. I love it. Yeah. Love laying in bed with nothing to do. I feel like I be places. Same. I felt like I couldn't rest this. I mean, I did. I did my best, but I just felt like <laughs> I just um, I couldn't. My mind was like constantly moving. But there's another weekend coming up, um, as always, uh, and I'm going to take advantage of that weekend. I know um, so much. I just I'm ready to be into the holiday season, like fully. You know, September. <laughs> It is September, and I'm just ready to fully be in the holidays. And, like, you know, like, summertime is just so much going on. It's like every weekend you got to be here, you got to be there. Mm-hmm. And then it's like a little lull. It's like a moment where, like, you don't have to do all these things. And, like, fall at the beginning, like, September and October. But then mm-hmm. come November, that shit starts again. Which yes. I'm, I'll be excited for, but as long as I get to recharge mm-hmm. um, and do nothing for a minute. I agree. Yeah, so that's it. Um, but speaking of fall, fall's a great time for movies. Like, you know, those comfortable movies that just make you want to stay in the house. Yes. All day. Yes. So, so this week's Faye Four, 90, our four favorite 90s or early 2000s teen movies. Yeah, such a, I love, such a great genre. Like, I wish I could go back in time and just watch those movies as a kid again because it just felt so like, Ooh, like, but it's just so funny because, like, I was not a teenager during those times. So it was like, I'm like, oh, this is so cool. I can't wait. Definitely was different. But my favorite 90s slash early 2010 movies are as followed. <clears throat> I'm going to have to say, and sorry if this is on your list, 
also Iman, but wish upon a star. I hate you. <laughs> I hate you. Because I really, that is one of my favorite. I, but I knew it. I knew you were going to put it. And I was like, but maybe she won't think about it. I'm so sorry. I'm always going to think about it because of that outfit. Wow. Like, I, <laughs> wow. You talking about the blue one, right? Uh, it was like, wasn't it purple? I was like, I thought it was white and dark blue. It was, yeah, it was that kind of blue, like that iridescent, like purpley blue. blue. Yes, it was that outfit. Yes, I, that's why I can't, that's the first time I saw Katherine Heigl, who I love. Um, Yeah, I love that movie. Um, I think it's on on HBO, HBO, oh my fucking gosh, Disney Plus, right? Um, I don't, I haven't seen it, but if it is, (laughs) I'm watching it tonight. No, we're, you're going to write this week. But um, <laughs> I can say it. I know. No, I can't. But yes, Wish Upon a Star. I love that movie. Also, like, I felt like, I don't know if anybody else felt like that, but I felt like that was like such an edgy movie for Disney. It was. I was like, huh? Like, I really love that movie. Um, And the fashion. That's a, something that I will always think about in that movie. Um, The next one is Can't Hardly Wait. I don't know if I've seen that one. Excuse me. It's with Jennifer Love Hewitt is in that movie. Um, Seth Green. What's his name? Seth Green. The, the oh, one yeah, who, the one who Ro- played on Austin Powers. Yeah, the one who do Robot Chicken. He um he's in that movie too. I love that movie because <laughs> it's like the popular person, like the oddballs, like the freaks, and it's just like they all end up at one party, and then there's a scene where like the girl who like who's like step off, like I don't like ugh, like she, the girl who's like who totally doesn't want to be in love, whatever, gets locked in a bathroom, um, with Seth Green character who's like so annoying, like he's just like the annoying guy who like he doesn't pick up on social cues and he just like they're like he's a nerd but he don't give a fuck. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but they get locked in a bathroom and then they end up like falling in love. And like, I love corny shit like that. Like, I fucking love that movie because it's like every, every, like these unlikely cast of characters, these high school stereotypes all end up at um, a party together. Um, and like, of course, like I, now when I get older, it probably would annoy me. But when I was a kid, I loved the uh, uh, girl, the girl who was like, uh, uh. like Get out of here. I'm not looking for love. Love that girl. I owe everything to that girl. But as I got older, I realized that. She sucks. Yeah, she sucks. Um, The next one is Not Another Teen Movie. I fucking love Not Another Teen Movie so much. Like, when I tell y'all, I know that movie backwards and forwards. And I know, like, now that shit is Hella problematic. <laughs> but in its defense, it is a like satire movie. Um, so it's like making fun of like a lot of the things, but I know some of the jokes are just like I can't even imagine. And like there's a a big sing-along scene, and like I know that whole song, and like it is so bad. <laughs> it's so fucking bad. Like my favorite thing is so fucking funny that it's like this one black guy who's like the token black like that's what he oh, that's literally his character he's a token <laughs> black guy and like they asking him questions and he was like I don't know I'm just here to like say that's cool that's a, like he just don't know why the fuck he there then oh my god this is so bad it's like 
And those team moves, it was always like this is a token black guy, and then there's this one like token fat guy mm-hmm. who's like lovable, um, or he's either <laughs> lovable or just like a slob or something like that. And like they just kept on like he kept on like getting hit with like the football and like all this crazy <laughs> stuff. And then it was <laughs> this um so fucking funny. I'm so sorry. It's this one guy in the movie who he is a white guy, but he thinks that he's Asian. And, like, he really be oh trying God, so no, hard. No, no. Like, it's so, it's like, the stereotypes, like, making fun of, like, those teen movies. And shit, it was, so, and it's funny because the movie Can't Hardly Wait. Um, I think it was parodied in that. But, I no, the the movie that, the main movie that was parodied, parodied in not another team movie was she's all that mm-hmm. um but yeah it also like how this when i was a kid i thought first of all i always thought i was smarter than people <laughs> so that, like what like fire sign kid doesn't but i thought i was smarter <laughs> than people so i thought it was so funny in that movie that when they thought she was first of all the girl is not ugly at all um janie briggs but um she took her um her glass, she had glasses, but as soon as she took her glasses off and put her hair down, I was like, she's so beautiful. <laughs> and I'm like, she literally looks the same. <laughs> That's literally all you got to do is be beautiful. All you got to do is take your glasses off. It's right here. Your, putting your hair down. Like, I thought that shit was so funny. I thought I was like, I'm like, I get it. Like, it's like, uh, like, on society. Like, I really you thought I was a shit. Up. My last. <laughs> Last one is a movie called Idle Hands with Seth Green. Seth Green was getting to the fucking bag, okay? Yeah, he was working. He was working. He was working his ass off because he's in Idle Hands. <laughs> he was getting to the fucking bag. You hear me? Wow. And he, you know, if they had a role, this nigga was playing it, okay? But Idle Hands is a like is a goofy like horror movie, um, and Good Charlotte is in it. And um, they become zombies because, um, like, the thing is, idle hands is the devil's plaything. That's a um, like a bot in the Bible, I think. Um, so, mm. like, meaning if you're not doing, if you're not doing you anything productive, devil. you get in. Yeah, you getting into shit. And of course, they was teenagers and they was getting into shit. Um, I haven't seen a movie in a while, but I used to always watch it when it came on TV. And, like, I had no idea what it was called. I just knew that. I, like, I remember to find the movie, um, I looked up uh, Seth Green uh, Zombies, a zombie movie or something like that. And that's how I found it. Um, But, yeah, I love, that's a, I think it's a, I had it on my Halloween list, like, a few years ago. So, I'm not going to put it on again. But, yeah, I love idle hands it's just like so goofy um one of my favorite things in early 2000s slash 90s teen movies is when they have a scene where it's like a dance and they have a band like it's like a cameo from like a real band yes i love that shit so fucking much (laughs) i love it so much so i think they did that in wish upon a star too Yes, yes. I love that so much. I'm like, yes. I'm like, oh, is and that? And everybody in the school, they'd be like, oh, my God, they got this band? <laughs> They're like, Red Hot Chili Peppers? No way. <laughs> oh, my God. That reminds me of the Xenon, uh, Xenon movies, you know, on Disney Channel. Yes. Uh, it's fucking, what's the name? Supernova? Yes. Casanova. He, I love. 
Yes, Casanova can... was not real, but he ate that fucking song. He up. did, but he that's did. they don't even have to be a real band. Like that's my favorite part in like those type of movies is when it's like a band, like either it's a real band or like a made up band. Like they had it, um, it was like Sugar Ray and Scooby Doo. Mm. I was like, oh my god, is that Sugar Ray? <laughs> like I love stuff like that. Like I was oh the time Lou Rawls was in the Proud Family, but like what? Um. <laughs> <laughs> My mom was like, can you find, put on the You'll Never Find episode when he was singing it? Anyway. Uh... <laughs> or no. It's that another to, rule for that me pissed me off so bad when I was a kid. I thought, the fuck? That's like, this for the parents and the kids. Um, But no, the episode of the Parkers when that guy who sang the song, they'd be like, what, 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 what? 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 Oh, yes. <laughs> I fucking love that episode. Lil Zane is it? Yes. I, and everyone's like, ooh. Lil Zane made a cameo in the Parkers. And Kim when was I... like, what, 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 what? <laughs> Yo, I fucking love that episode. Like, I love shit like that because the camera change and yeah, the, the, the light, the light dim. <laughs> when you was a kid, you were, oh, my God, Lil Zane. <laughs> I was like, grandma, look, it's Lil Zane. <laughs> like, I look, put that in a fucking movie or a show, I'm there. You got I don't me. care. I don't care what fucking band it is, the group, as long as it's not Lou Rock. <laughs> oh, he's dead, so you got one of him showing up. Oh, and if you do, it's something. But anyway, um, one of my options has the same, has that happen. So that's why. Oh, I can't I'm excited. Wait. This little teaser. Right. But yeah, I'm also. Um, honorable mention, this is not the movie, but Iman can attest to this and agree to this. The hot pink dress from My Date with the President's Daughter. Oh shout out to that God. dress. And shout out to that song. That was yeah, that, that shit was My Date with the President's Daughter. <laughs> <laughs> that nigga was a fucking rocker, you hear me? I'm gonna be honest. I wish white people start singing like that again because only they could do it. I tell you that. That only shit white was so sing good. Like my take with the president's daughter. <laughs> I'm like, oh shit. Oh my god. Oh my god. All right. That was number four, right? Yep. That, yep. I said, I'm all done. All right. The first <laughs> one. <laughs> it's not necessarily that type of team movie, but it's my favorite movie. So I'm going to put in the character in that category. And that's Love and Basketball. It technically yes. counts because I feel like if it was a prom scene in a movie, then it, it was a 90s teen movie. Like, I feel I like agree. that was the And shit. that's the demographic. For the too. demographic. And it was a Even though Makara Pfeiffer was 35 still. Omar Epps. Oh, Makara <laughs> <laughs> I'm so you sorry. No, you really don't know black men. You really get black men confused. <laughs> Not Makai Pfeiffer. I'm so Come sorry. On. Come on. I'm so sorry, Omar Epps. Jesus. <laughs> Omar Epps. Uh, he definitely was 37, playing a teenager. <laughs> And it's so funny because Sanaa Lathan character looked real young at the beginning. And his just, when he was, he was playing Quincy, it just didn't. Also, why was there so many people named Quincy in the 90s? So many. Probably because Quincy Jones. I feel like if you was Darcy in the 90s, your name was Quincy. People probably named name their sons after Quincy Jones. Question, have anybody seen a light-skinned Quincy before? Mm, wait, ain't, um, ain't Diddy's son named Quincy? Am I getting that up? 
I stand corrected. Is that his name? I, can, I think it got I'm not, no, I'm it not is. doing it's, I think it is. I think Quincy's his oldest son. I'm not doing good with names. No, I think you're right though. I think okay. it's Justin and think Quincy is Kim Kim's uh somewhere, I'll be sure. <coughs> yes, Quincy Brown. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, that's one. That's, that's one life thing. Anybody know another life thing, Quincy? Let me know. But I really feel like it should be a case study on like names and complexion. Yeah, no, I agree. But that's crazy. Like I feel like because I know somebody like when um when Kanye West came out, um, I know somebody who named their son Kanye. So that's, I feel like I'm sorry, that's that's the thing where people like might there might be like popular names with like different artists. That's so like Joe. stuff like that. Maybe but I'm gonna leave it right there. <laughs> but yeah, it's love and basketball. One of my favorite movies of all times. Um, Cinderella Story. That was mm-hmm. another one that I really, really liked. Came out in 2004. Hilary Duff, you know, just really out here getting the shit in of the stick. <laughs> Being Cinderella. Her life really sucked as Cinderella. And also Chad Michael um, Murray. One of oh my, my God, favorite. Chad Michael Murray. He was essential to the 90s. But you know what's so Early funny? 2000. He really could not act. He couldn't. I've re- recently been watching One Tree Hill, which the theme song is funny as shit, by the way. I was watching One Tree Hill, and I'm like, yo, he really don't be... He gives nothing. Like, he be giving nothing. But, you know, he had that look. He had blonde hair and a buzz cut. That nigga he- had a bowl cut in the dream. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you needed back then was a fucking bowl cut in the dream. <laughs> <laughs> What else is there to say? Oh, God. Please. <laughs> Nothing else. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Next. 17 again. Tian Tamara. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Baby. I, I, so, one time, it's like, you ever discover a movie by accident? Like, you just be, like, in your house, like, eating chips, and then you look on the TV, like, oh, my God. Yeah, that's what how I discovered this? that movie. Me too. Like, I just, I don't remember no promo for it. I don't know. I, I just thought that I was the only one who knew this movie existed until I went to school and told my best friend about it. And she's like, oh my God, yes, I love that um, movie too. Shout out to Kara. And she was just like, so, we were so hyped that we both was like watching um 17 again. But I loved it because one, I thought that the love interest, the guy was so fine. Not fine. I thought he was fine. Like He was I, fine as hell. I thought, I'm like, oh no. They ain't making them like this on TV. <laughs> and also, Boys to Men made a cameo in that movie. Remember oh, yeah. in the Club? <laughs> Shout out to them for making a cameo. Shout out to them. Philly's finest. Um, also, uh, something else I like about that movie is I love when somebody is like, oh, people think I'm not cute. Let me show up. Let me show up and show out. Remember, like, when they both yes. went to the club and one of them had the straight. Like, they had, like, a little black dress with a straight weave. I just always thought T and Tamara were, like, the prettiest, 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 prettiest Me people. Too. Like, they just were, oh, my God. I think everybody, we all wanted to be them mm-hmm. when we were younger. Um, And then, finally, Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. You know i never seen it? That's insane to me. That movie gave you gave us so much. It made you cry. It made you laugh. It just, it was everything. It was kind of diverse. Like, you know, they had American mm-hmm. Ferreira. They had, it was Blake Lively. Uh, it just was so much happening. Um, I will say um, 
Blake Lively's storyline was my favorite, but also Blake Lively is aging amazing. She looks the same way she did from the Sisterhood of the Traveler Pants to now. Like that's yeah, she do. And also, I read the book. It was like one summer when I had to go to an. I mean, the summer before I had to go to an all girls school. They made us all read Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. And then after reading it, you were supposed to watch the movie. And I was just like obsessed with the book, obsessed with the movie. And yeah, love it. Something I watch with my little cousin all the time. So cute. That's so sweet. Yes, indeed. But yeah, that's Faye 4. Ra-ta-ta. All right. Now let's get... Sorry, I don't know why I'm breathing so heavy. I said, all right. Um, let's get into <laughs> Pray for Sis. Yes. This week, we're praying for the people of Jackson, Mississippi, who are going through a water crisis. The water has been off for some time now. Folks are having to drink, brush your teeth, get washed with a bottle of water. And it's just like such a challenging situation. So sending um, thoughts and prayers there and hoping that their government is able to fix it because we and Sabria were just doing some reading and it seems like they've been getting a lot of funding for their water um, system, and it hasn't been going towards that. And of course, somewhere like Jackson, Mississippi, an issue like that is going to, on a large scale, affect more brown people, black people than you know anybody else. Mm-hmm. That's true. Thoughts and prayers. Um. All right. Now let's get into tea time. So, one thing y'all need to learn how to do is stop touching on people. Yes. Anyway, stop touching people. Stop touching people. It's like, not hard. It's you should never touch anybody because of boundaries. Let's start there. Yeah. You should never touch people today because of COVID and the fucking monkeypox. Like, this is not the time to be like being weird. Like, I have never been so conscious of like people around me touching me, all those things. So it's like crazy to me that somebody like Alicia Keys is on a world tour right now. And recently she was in Vancouver and it's a part of her show where she gets out into the audience and she walks and she's singing and she was singing Empire State of Mind. And this one white woman grabbed her sweaty as hell and kissed her on the cheek. And Alicia Keys' eyes got big as shit. Like they almost popped out of her head. And... I was just like, I can't imagine like having to deal with that. So Alicia Keys wrote on Twitter, trust me. I was like, what the fuck? Don't she know what time it is? Um, talking about like COVID and monkeypox right now. But it's like real shit. Like, don't you know? I don't care how much. I would never touch Beyonce as much as I love her. Yeah, right. Get a fucking grip, bro. That is so like, and to top it all off, the lady was a white woman. And that is so like, it's a it's a huge issue where white women think they are so entitled to black women, especially black women who are like either like entertainers or yeah. black women that they find attractive or like who has on something nice. Like they just think that they own us in a way. And it's so weird because I'm like, y'all really like that's really embedded in your DNA to be like that. It's weird. Control yourself. Control yourself. Like I always like try to. It's this. Um, this tw- it was this article on Twitter saying that black women go from being office pet to office threat. Right. So it's like when you first come in the office, everybody's like, "Oh my god, oh my god, you're the office pet," and then 
after a while when you're not doing what people want you to do, you're not like being um, the way that they want you to be, you're pushing back, you're raising your voice, then you go from office pet to office threat. And it's just like the fact that black women are considered the office pet is also really, really terrible. Just That's like so as nasty. a starting point to think about, like I'm the pet. Pet implies you get to, like, I'm here for your consumption, your entertainment. Mm-hmm. And it's like, granted, like, Alicia Keys is an entertainer. You know your place. Everybody has a role. Like, she can't she can't just grow up to people and start kissing them in the audience, and they can't just come up to her. And I'm like, see, now, you lucky it wasn't the baby that you grew. <laughs> now, you're very lucky, because he would headbutt you. Yeah. The show went on, and it's just like not that I like encourage his violence, but I'm just like people really be trying the right fucking ones. But like, yeah, it's just insane. I've seen a lot of people like remember when the guy who played Ghost from Power, I will never forget this. Like he like did something, like he like kissed Beyonce or something. Oh yeah, it's like what is wrong? Keep your little nasty lips to yourself. Absolutely insane, freaks all of you. Yeah, and I just feel like Alicia Keys has had a lot of weird moments where people like being invasive between Lil Mama and now this white woman. She probably about she to can't never sing that. It's that song. I don't know what it brings out in people to be the fuck weird, but she can never get through that song. It seems I would stop singing it. No, she never. That's her bread and butter right there. Yeah, I'd be like, fuck all y'all. No, that's listen to it on Spotify. This woman had to be from Staten Island or some shit because she heard this song. And like, I just want to know what crossed her mind right before she grabbed, she grabbed her face so aggressively. That's nothing. Like she literally put her finger, like held her face and kissed her. Like what? Y'all go look at the clip. It's just, it's just crazy. Alicia Keys' eyes is big as shit. Like, whoa. Yeah, because that was nasty as hell. Oh my god! Oh, think about my sweaty, clammy hands around my face would make me want to. I would have oh, to stop the show. I'm sorry. Yeah, same. The show was like, not I going on. Same. I would be like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" Right in the yep. mic. But yeah, um, I can't. Thoughts and prayers. That's all I got to say. Um, there was this really cool article recently about um a 3D printed steak. <laughs> So it, we're here. We've arrived. We are in the future. Um, this woman uh, like was eating a mock steak. She went to this restaurant in the UK, um, and she was just talking about how much it tastes just like a real steak, but it was made, but it was three D printed. That is so three D printers. Like I'm still like learning about what they actually do, but the concept of a three D printer like really. One, it, it it perplexes me. Two, it scares the shit out of me. Because, like, you can 3D print anything. Mm-hmm. That's scary. Yeah. And the company who does the 3D printed um, is called Redefined Meat. And they don't call <laughs> it fake meat. They call it... Um, Wait, they said it's not fake meat, but a new way to create meat without the huge challenges of doing so within an animal's body. And apparently the texture was like everything that a steak was supposed to be like chewy texture, um, heavy, like it was good. 
like seasoning and all those things. It, I mean, I'm looking at a picture of it. To me, it's a brie. It looked kind of real. But yeah. the woman who was used to eating like cow steak was like, um, no, this looks fake. So here's my thing. I don't know if I trust shit like this. And I'm not somebody that's just like, I will eat it simply because it's vegan. Mm-hmm. I'm not. Like, I'm somebody who's just like, well, I want to be healthy. And yes, I <laughs> want to have some types of vegan junk food from time to time that remind me of things from, like, when I grew up and I understand what seitan is. And there are ways to, like, eat, like, seitan and stuff like that in a way that doesn't feel super weird to me. But I'm not about to be just, like, people have... It's a gold mine at this point. Like mm-hmm. it's a gold mm-hmm. mine. It's not about being vegan no more, and it's about to create some new problems. Which I'm just like, stay woke. Like <laughs> you got to keep your eyes <laughs> open because people just see that it's a way to make money, and it's like on some ends it's good because more people are going to be eating less animals. But I don't know what's the long term effects of like 3D meat. Like what is it? What what will happen? Yeah, because um. Like the person who is like who owns the company is like they want to be like a tycoon in this shit, and it's like on it's starting it sound like to me when Imam was reading the article that it sound like some like Good Burger type shit. Yeah, like, they was like we want to be the largest vegan company in the fake meat company in the world. It's like whoa, exactly, and that shouldn't be your mission. Like your mission <laughs> should be like to like help you know eliminate people. Um, harming animals, eating animals in general, and like helping the earth. But like you, this motherfucker, like straight to the money, straight to the bag. Like this oh, is where be the we biggest at. in the world. Like whoa. yeah, like no oh, mention whoa, whoa, whoa. of like lowering your consumption, like shrinking your carbon footprint, none of that. Yeah, I mean, they did mention like, oh, it's not sustainable to continue to eat meat in the way that we are, like some things like that. But like, again, I just don't think you should name it like my goal is to be the biggest in the world. It should be my goal is to make the biggest impact in the world or to Mm -hmm. like save the world, help the world. But I want to be the biggest company in the world. Like I just heard the cash register noise in my head like as soon as you said that. But I was thinking a little bit more about like if I had a 3D printer, what would I like make right now? Oh, I was thinking that too, Iman. So what would you make? I probably would make shoes. Like, there is these pair of platform shoes. And if you've ever been to the MoMA, like, it's a picture of them. I forgot. It's, like, somewhere. Maybe it was, like, outside on the scaffolding. But it's, like, these platform shoes. They're rainbow. And I think they're from, like, the 60s, 70s. And I want them so fucking bad. The first thing I would do is 3D print those in my size. Wow. (laughs) My mind went straight to food. I was like, if I had that 3D printer, I would make vegan baked Alaska. <laughs> That's wild as fuck. I, first of all, I've never had baked Alaska. Me neither. I always I make it. Told. Well, not always, but I'm my sim made it before, and I still don't know what it is. But that's the craziest. I just want it so bad. Well, I would make um French fries. I mean, no, that's easy to make, but like just to make three. But like, I pictured me making them like freakishly big. But um, this is crazy. Baked Alaska looks so good. I always wanted to try it my whole life. I always thought it was funny because like, I always think of it as from The Sims. I always think of it just in TV shows. Like when you were a kid and you were watching TV. Like I remember one time I was on Sweet Life with Zach and Cody. Oh, oh yeah. That's what it, Oh, my God. I'll be making my Sims eat this. That's crazy. That's it's weird. not a meal. That like desserts, <laughs> certain desserts are like um everywhere. 
Yeah. Oh, wait. You've never seen them. Sorry, I just found a vegan one. <laughs> From where? Uh, I'm about to send you it. I said, like, uh, why did I make that dumbass <laughs> one? That's crazy. This whole time I'm thinking it's like a meal. Oh my God, no wonder my Sims be about to die. Okay, so it says the ice cream is surrounded by meringue and sponge cake, which can conduce heat very poorly. The, this keeps the intense heat in the oven from reaching the ice cream. Okay, cool. So it is ice cream covered in um, meringue. Yes, like what the hell? And then it's a oh, little slim layer of cake at the bottom. Yeah, I would definitely make vegan baked Alaska, 100%. Okay, I'm with you. That's so you. Yeah, that's what I want. Why the fuck? The name Baked Alaska is so funny to me. Like, I always thought it was fish. <laughs> I mean, that's a good, that's a good, I understand why you would think something like that. I definitely would make, Um, I will also print out some bundles, so for sewing. <laughs> oh, yes, that's a good one. Oh I would my God, that shit definitely... I'm smoking, because I would be selling them. <laughs> I would be putting them in my head. I picture me, though, with like a wig like Khaleesi. <laughs> I was I like, would, fuck it. Just print out a whole fucking unit. Not even just the bundles. But the thing is, I've just, you know how I feel about units. I'm like, I know oh, they're going to look right on my head. So true, I was true, like, true. just give me the bundles and a closure piece. <laughs> Period. <laughs> I feel like once black people get a hold of this technology, we're going to make some money. Okay? I know that's the fuck right. That I need to look fun. into that. Like, how do I get into, like, you know, how do I, how, how do you get one? How do you get a 3D printer? Now, do you like, need a license? teaches me how to use it? Like, I just need to know. Because, like, first of all, um, everybody shouldn't be allowed to have one. I will say that. Because I picture some evil ass people, like, let me just print some guns real quick or something <laughs> people crazy. People have 3D printed guns. Yeah, we need to, like, start making some laws right now around who can <laughs> buy a 3D printer. Yeah. And what you can make in it because it's about to get real crazy. I feel real like by the time our kids come around, we it's going to be like, you know how like computers in like the 80s and 90s, only some people had it? 3D mm -hmm. printer is about to be the next thing. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's move on to this hot mess. Oh, my God. So, Sabrina had to catch me up because I'm, you know me, I stay in black people business. Like I really don't be worried. I don't be knowing nothing going on with like the white community. But this movie, Don't Worry Darling, is making crazy, crazy, crazy headlines. We yes. it last week. We kind of mentioned it last week because when we were talking shit about Harry Styles. But he's back in the center of the news, this time for another reason. And I almost want to take back everything I said about him like not being crazy last week. Because after I seen this video, I'm I just don't know. Like I don't know. I think Harry Styles, I think he I think he's crazy. I do. And also the way he's answering questions during this press tour, like. It's crazy because I literally was minding my business. I had no intention on knowing anything <laughs> about this. But yesterday, I've been hearing stuff about it. But then yesterday, something happened so crazy that I said, no, what the fuck is going on? I said, now I got to jump in. What's happening? Okay, what's happening? Oh my God! So I had to jump in. Yeah, I had to jump in too. And now, I'm, now I really want to know what's going on, and I want to watch the movie. Let's be real; I really <laughs> do want to watch the movie now. So, this movie is so. Is it written by Olivia? I mean, Olivia Wilde, or just directed? Like, is it like what role uh, is she playing in it? I think she just direct. Let's see. Let's find out. 
Also, I'm obsessed with the fact that they got, what does the movie have? The ratings is like crim- criminally low. Oh, um, <laughs> I love that. It's two hours. The movie is two hours, by the way. And it sucks. Um, according to the reviews. She, I feel like we're going to like it, Sabri. I'm sorry. We might. It, the, oh, she, she just directed it. Okay, cool. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. I really think we're going to like this movie because it's a lot of movies that, like, you know, the critics don't like, but I love. Yeah. Like, didn't the critics say Showgirls was bad? Yeah, and that shit is amazing. <laughs> and the critics said Glitter was bad. Like, come on. Like, let's be real here. Let's be real. Let's be, let's be real. So, the first drama was that um, Olivia Wilde and, like, Shia LaBeouf. Let's give credit to the person who wrote this article, because this is who helped us. Yes, they wrote that shit nine hours ago. They said, listen, I know there's a lot going on, and there's so many different posts. Let me just condense it for you. And I was like, for that, I thank you. Oh, yeah, Yeah. it got 42% on Rotten Tomatoes. Damn. That's bad. It's bad for them. Well, Olivia Wilde, um, first Shia LaBeouf was casted to play who Harry Styles is playing, right? But then he was asked to exit the show, and everybody was speculating that was because of his abuse allegations against his former partner. Um, But in a recent interview, um, Olivia Wilde shared that she had her own reasons for recasting. She said, I saw this as someone who is such an admirer of his work. His process was not conducive to the ethos that I demand in my productions. He has the process that in some ways seemed to require a combative energy. And I don't personally believe that is conducive to the best performances. She went on to suggest that she wanted to create a safe, trusting environment. My thing is like, if why did you bring along Shia LaBeouf who has had issues for so long if you if, if you didn't want combative energy? Like, are you, like everybody has known that he has had he has had abuse allegations, and this was right. way prior to the FKA Twigs thing. Like the person, the person he was with prior to her said the same thing. So the fact that you would bring him onto the set and then be shocked that he's combative or negative in any way to me is just like, girl, stop using all these big words talking about the ethos of your production. <laughs> you should have never bought no. You should have never bought his ass here. Why would you yeah. bring Steven Stevens? Like, come on. I don't get that. Also, what I also what another thing I don't get. Why would you replace him with Harry Styles? <laughs> She's like, who's hot? That's who we need. Because my thing is, yes, Shia LaBeouf is disgusting. He's trash, garbage. But he Delivers. can he's a, he can act. He's an actor. He can, he, he's an actor, a trained yeah. actor. But I'm like, how do you go from replacing somebody as a trained actor with somebody who is just being like, I'm winging it? Yeah, somebody's I like, you got, got some bell bottoms? <laughs> I got to see this. I got yeah. to. Okay. Oh, by the way, the writer's name is Lauren Malisi. Lauren Malisi on gamesraider.com. And okay. I think it's two other writers, too. Okay. Oh, the, I'm sorry. You're talking about the article. Sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On the article, yeah. So then uh, Shia LaBeouf was just like, you know what? He responded with a lengthy public email to Wilde insisting that he wanted to quit. He then released a private video he received from Wilde and ordered the back of his side of the story. And in the video, it appears Wilde is asking LaBeouf to return to the production. The director also brings Florence Pugh into the conversation. Florence Pugh is the main actress, right? And the conversation 
this is what Olivia is on tape saying. This might be a bit of a wake up call for Miss Flo. And I want to <laughs> know if you're open to giving this a shot with me, she says in the video, asking LaBeouf to return to set. If she really commits, if she really puts her mind and heart into to, to it, into it at this point and if you guys can make peace and I respect her point of view and I respect yours what do you think is there hope so it's like you sneaky bitch why are you lying and saying that he was combative when you're over here begging to uh, when you're over here begging him to return back to set and he clearly don't get along with his co-star and he has a history of abuse and you're just like come on come back together yet and still you're telling this man I just it's not adding up yeah, she's a wild thing. A okay. little wild as wild. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. So I just, I'm just like, so what are we missing from the timeline perspective? And like, we're going to see this trend a little bit later, but it's like, you really cannot trust people in Hollywood. You can't trust people in power, period. They will say whatever to keep, to keep up face and this craziest things be happening behind scenes. And yes. this is just an example of that, in my opinion. And that's why I think everybody's so interested because it's like, people are becoming smarter to the point where you can't can't just say one thing and then another thing happen and we go okay like this mm-hmm. is not that like the publicist can't save you like it just can't happen yeah, so girl. um then Florence Pugh skips the press conference they said <laughs> that she was like doing another uh production uh for doom which shout out to her she seemed like she is booked and busy so that's yeah, great very much so but that wasn't the only thing that caught like um attention at the at the press uh interviews. Apparently, first of all, Harry Styles was answering the questions very dumb. Um he <laughs> somebody asked him uh how he juggles both acting and music, and he responds, Personally, I find them to be kind of opposite in a lot of ways. I think making music is a really personal thing. There's an aspect of acting where you're drawing from experiences you have for the most part, you're pretending to play someone else. I think that's what I find most fun about it, but playing pretend. All right. <laughs> and he says, right. I think the fun part is that you never know what you're doing. Music I've done for longer, but what I like about acting is I feel like I have no idea what I'm doing. So it's just yeah. like, again. So on one end to say that like acting is pretending, acting is 100% pretending. That's all it is. Yeah, nigga, so, get, the, get this nigga out of here. Like, what the fuck is he talking about? And then for him to say that... Uh, and for him, for him to say that, like, um, I have no idea what I'm doing, it's like, that's kind of crazy to me to admit that you have no idea what you're doing. And it's just like, also, like, yo, the only white people can get away with, like, starring yes. and this type of thing and to say, I have no idea what I'm doing. And you replace Shia LaBeouf, who, like I said, may, like you said, may be trash, but he's been acting since even Stevens. And he's been giving, like, amazing, like, performances since True Confessions. We're going to stop the Shia LaBeouf praise. But just in comparison of, like, skill, like, you, Tom Hardy was busy or something. Like, why you couldn't find no, no other white man that actually had the range. It's like, oh, because he was high and he would get the he would get some attention on the on the thing. But like, how is he able to get away with saying he don't know what he's doing? Yeah, I don't get that, and that's so wild to me because like I have applied to like film jobs and I literally have a degree for it, and they're like, oh, you don't have enough experience, you don't know what you're doing. And this nigga is like, I oh, forget it. That's how I feel. Like I'll forget it. So this is just a reminder that if you're ever feeling imposter syndrome, just push through it because this this nigga is like I don't you know what I'm doing on set. He literally said that shit with his chest. He said I don't have a fucking clue. Absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. And if then to make matters worse, 
there's this video. It looks like he's <laughs> spitting on his character. I mean, his co-star, Chris Pine, like when he sat down and Chris Pine's face looks crazy. Like, oh, what the fuck? Now, Chris, again, the video legit looks like he did that. It do. But, but then Chris Pine is like, he That's like clapping and look like, um, whoa. And I was supposed to say, sometimes white people be playing like this, spitting on each other and stuff. So, you know? <laughs> I'm telling you, sometimes they do. So you don't know if that's like, you know, part of their little trope or game. And then other, <laughs> but then he looked kind of mad. And then Harry Styles like did this little smirk. And I'm like, are you being evil right now? Like, are, did you do that on purpose? And now you smile like, hmm, I did that to you. Now I really don't understand. Um, yeah, I really don't understand what the hell is going on. Also, like, during the press interviews, Chris Pine is with Harry Styles, and he looked... Wait, sorry. Chris Pine was in The Princess Diaries? That's so funny. Oh, my God. He, he was. Because he has such a serious face, and I'm like, huh? He had dark hair <laughs> in that movie. That was the one who saved Anne Hathaway when she was, like, getting I've never um, seen sexually that movie. assaulted by the other guys. Remember? That was actually quite inappropriate. What happened to her? i never seen Princess Diaries. Sorry. With Anne Hathaway? Yeah, never seen it. <laughs> Interesting. Oh, anyway, we're not gonna we're not gonna do this. I'm another time. Just my bad, whatever. OG. It's fine. Well, yeah, Chris Pines was in the Princess Diaries. <laughs> he was in it. Sorry, well, I don't know. That just really knocked me off. I will <laughs> get back to it. I will not make you feel bad. Uh, so yeah, Chris Pines was. You said he was on a red carpet doing what? He was in interviews and he just, and Harry Styles was talking and he just was staring. <laughs> like he just was like staring, not, <laughs> not like, it was like he wasn't there. What's going like, on, y'all? I don't know what's going on. Like, some, what is again, Olivia Wilde doing to y'all? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I didn't realize how crazy, because I'm like, oh, y'all exaggerating and like whatever. But once I saw that video, that thing that looked like he spit on, I said, let's reel this back in. Let's start from the top. What's going no. on? What his agent said, Chris Pine agent. Um... <coughs> Wait, let me read it. Because <laughs> they was pissed. They was mad. Everybody on the internet making jokes. They said, uh-uh. No, this is a no joke zone. I they said, Oh, you got it. Oh, Chris Pine's rep responds to ridiculous claim that Harry Styles spit on him. Complete fabrication. There is nothing but respect between the two men. Any suggestion otherwise is a blatant attempt to create drama. <laughs> <laughs> they said some drama that simply does not exist. Y'all lying. Everybody lying. <laughs> I feel Everybody like y'all all lying. some liars, dog. <laughs> y'all all lying and we y'all see some, it. Fi- y'all some fucking fibbers. That's how I feel. <laughs> and then I'm looking at Olivia Wilde's face and she looked like the face of somebody who will never admit when things are falling apart. <laughs> she because she still was smiling. Like, she really... But she was doing those type of smiles where she look at you and you could tell she means smile back. <laughs> but and she... I don't like being in situations like this. That's yeah. why uh, Florence was like, <laughs> let me skip this shit because I really don't got time. She um, remind me of, you know, that, that meme of, like, the dog is, like, all these flop all this um, fire behind the dog and the dog just sitting there like, everything's fine. Like, she remind me of that. Like, but in real life. <laughs> yeah, Florence Pugh said, just keep me out of this shit. Because <laughs> that shit weird. Oh, my God. Oh, Lord. 
Well, again, I can't wait to watch the movie um, to see what it's about. Like, I just need to see if I can. I'm watching the movie right now just to see if I can pick up anything weird. <laughs> All right, now we got to take a very no seriously. We have to take an unfunny turn. Um, yes. Two comedians are in the sunken place, but ain't shit funny. Period. Tiffany Haddish and Ari Spears. Yep. Are. I just, it's just so this, when I first heard this story, I said, oh, this is not true, right? Because it was just so like, whoa. Far-fetched. It's so far-fetched. It was so, it was like, whoa, where is this coming from? Because why, like, why would somebody do something like that? Like, it just sounds like something that it's just so like. Dirty. Yeah, so dirty, so criminal. It's like, you can't believe that somebody would do that. But in fact, it is very true. That it did happen. Um, and it's not only them that's in the song and place, it's funny or die as well. Because why would you post that video? Yeah, so T- Tiffany Haddish and Ari Spears are being cu- accused in a new lawsuit of grooming a 14-year-old and a seven and her seven-year-old brother, coercing them to film child pornography skits. Um, and like, I haven't seen, been able to see like the video and I was so like confused about like what was going on. Like Tiffany's had, this is another example of what we just talked about. Tiffany had his lawyer fires back and calls it a shakedown. Like all oh, these people are just trying to get money out of Tiffany Haddish. And it's just like, people be strong and wrong, loud, trying to convince you that, oh, this is 100% not happening. And in fact, it seems because of videos that it 100% was. And Tiffany Haddish has apologized. So it's just like, bro, what is going on? Like, what is going on? I just feel like there's this pressure for people to be funny in the sense that they don't care about anybody's feelings. Mm -hmm. They just want to make sure that they are making people laugh. Like, and I feel like Tiffany Haddish is one of those people where she will do anything to get ahead and make people laugh. And for a long time, I have not, I've not thought she was funny, but I didn't want to hate on no black woman. That's just what it was. Like, I don't want to hate on no black woman, but I just felt like she made me uncomfortable because I'm like, she will do literally anything for a laugh, regardless of if it's funny or not. The only Mm -hmm. time she ever made me laugh was in that one recent Netflix movie. And it was just like, it's still not okay to, to do weird shit, especially involving children for a laugh. Like, you have to be very careful with children because the line that... It comes with, oh, the, oh my God, this is so funny and well done to, oh my God, you're just using this kid and fucking them up mentally to get a laugh. It's very thin. That line is very thin. And then exactly. Ari Spears, like, okay, like, of course, this was somebody that we probably all the when we were younger thought was funny, but he looks a mess and I'm not shocked that he, he this type of loser will be involved in something like this. Mm-hmm. But I will say he shocked me more than Tiffany had his shit. Exactly. Um... And I remember, like, that era of, quote-unquote, comedy. Like, it was going on when, um, like, when Vine first came out. And also before that, like, when we was in high school, that, like, people thought, like, um, making light of, like, molestation and things like that was funny. Like, I don't know why, like, people thought, like, stuff like that was, um like, you would get, like, oh, like, this is so fucked up that it's, it's funny. I don't know. That was just such a weird era but when you, know you look crazy? back. Apparently, the siblings claim Tiffany Haddish was friends with their mother. 
Yeah. And it's just insane. It is. It's so insane. And I just don't know how you can come back from this because it's just like that is. It's. It has to be a line like people want to say like, oh, everybody's sensitive now and all that stuff. There has to be a line with everything. Mm, mm, And like these people are like willing to cross it. And like you said, willing to do anything for a lab. These people also don't know who their audience are. They just trying to say anything and hope it stick. Whoever laugh at it. Whoever like it. Whoever they can get money from, whoever they can exactly. get in the book. No morals. No morals. Like, chill. the thing is, it's not, this is why you got to know what you're not going to do. You have to be willing to say, these are my limits. This is what I'm not willing to do for money. This is who I'm not willing to impress. Because otherwise, you will literally be out here doing any and everything and not giving a shit about the damage that you cause for other people. Like, these two people have caused damage. Like, I literally am reading this lawsuit in, like, the... They're calling the uh, survivors Jane Doe and John Doe to protect their in, in um their identity with their siblings. So Jane Doe was saying that like because of this, like she does not feel comfortable um dating because she just doesn't have trust. Because when a family friend does something like this to you, it messes with your trust. And then mm-hmm. they, the guy John Doe was saying that like he is so uncomfortable around cameras now and like if he has a webcam he always puts like a band-aid over it and then the most fucked up part is that their mother tried to reach a $15,000 settlement with Spears over the video and he he would I guess denied it well guess what you're about to be sued now and your reputation's going to be shit, both of you. And then on top of that, you're going to be paying way more than $15,000 a pop. You're about to be in the millions for this shit because this is crazy. And as you should, because when you cause people lifelong damage, you the, the, the least you could do is make their life comfortable so that now they can go get what they need to be able to process. They can yes. get therapy. They can take time from work and they can figure shit out without having to worry about like, how do I make ends meet for myself? It's just crazy. And it's like, Tiffany Haddish is a mess. Like she recently got that DUI. It's like, girl, what are you doing? Like, what are you actually doing? Like, I don't care if you're a woman or not. You don't get to, I think it sometimes can be like people tend to trust women more. So yeah. for her to be the link between these kids and to not have the sense enough to be like, no, you don't do that to babies. It's just like, what is going on with your fucking instincts where you can't know that that's not okay to do? Yeah, right? Like your instincts as a grown woman, like I'm not trying to be funny, but I do be expecting a lot of men sometimes to to not be emotional. To But as a woman, it's like, girl, come on. Like, that's just disgusting to me. I'm very disgusted. And then I just found out through you that Ari Spears was out here trying to talk about Lizzo. Like, huh. Yeah, right? And I see him looking like a big sloth walking through the airport. He looks terrible. Like, you want to say, like, it's crazy. Like, you, he was talking about her, you know, and being plus size. But I'm like, you out here being a whole fucking groomer. And he's plus size. Yeah, just it's just so much wrong, and you know what? You know, fuck them both, and yeah, have fun in hell because that's where you're fucking going. Exactly, exactly. I'm over it. Um, 
let's move on into common senses, right? Right now, we want to talk about um, ways that we're changing and have changed and will continue to change. And the reason behind this topic today is because a lot of people always ask me, like, oh, what made you become vegan? And then you tell them and they go, oh, I never can become vegan. Like, I just can never do that. Like, I love this food too much. I love that food too much. And it bring like it brings me right back to when I wasn't vegan and I thought I could never do it. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm very patient with people when they say they can't become vegan because I've been there. Literally have said those same words. I've uh, so many things in my life where before I was there, I said I could never do it. Like I just didn't see that for myself. But all sometimes it takes is for somebody to plant the seed and for a, a several things to water that seed. And the next thing you know, you start to like grow. So it just made me think about, start to reflect on things that like I wasn't always. And I've worked to getting there and like makes me think about my, puts your goals in perspective. Like you can be so far away from something, but next thing you know, you're just like living that same life that you said you could never could, or you never mm-hmm. would and mm-hmm. all those things. So that's today's common senses, like uh, ch- changing in ways we didn't expect. So what were some things you thought you couldn't do and that you're doing now? Um, Me, I thought it's so funny. Um, I thought that I couldn't be, like, ever single. Like, I thought, I remember, um, I don't know if you remember, but it was like, oh, my God. I forgot. It was a New Year's and it was like years ago and I was seeing somebody and I was trying to hold on to it. Like it was that shit was not worth holding on to it, but I was trying to hold on to it. And I was just like, like, I don't. I, and I remember saying, I don't want to be single for the summer. Like, mind you, I was like 22. Um, and I was like, I can't do that. Um, and as life gone and things have progressed and like, I am realizing that it's the world is just so much bigger than, you know, that like a relationship status. I feel like I would be okay. You know, I would like not, I feel like more like Zen about it. I'm, I feel like, um, way more like it is, but it is like, I can do it. Mm. I can do it. And I'm like, I'm strong when I'm with somebody. I'm strong when I'm not with somebody like, um, you know, I'm still me and that's okay. You know, it's to, if you don't have somebody, it's, it's okay. If you don't have somebody, it's okay. If you have somebody either way, fuck it. We ball. Like, so I feel like Literally. I've definitely, <laughs> I've definitely settled with that. Um, being okay with that, mm. being at peace with it. No, I love that. I love that so much. Um, for me, it's definitely being affectionate. Like, I remember every time, like, I would date somebody new, like, I would make it my mission to tell them that I don't like, you know, PDA. I don't like kissing in public. I don't like touching hands. I just was so, I never seen it happen. I wasn't used to it. So I just could never really see myself doing that. And it's like, as I've gotten, it's taken time. That's what I've realized. It's taking time. Mm-hmm. It's taking the right people. And it's like, now I consider myself quite an affectionate person. Like, and I've realized that 
as I got older, being affectionate is so important. Like, it's so important that, like, as I get older and as, like, you know, one day I have kids, I'm able to be affectionate towards them. Like, it went from being something I thought was, like, kind of a waste of time because I never had it done to me and I always felt loved. That to like, oh my God, this is a physical touch can sometimes be missing from like your relationship. Like you can have this relationship with like your mom, but you like, I don't like me and my mom never touch, you know? And it's just like, what does that mean? Like that comfortability, not everybody loves physical touch, but what does that mean to be able to like feel your mom's warmth or to feel like touch your best friend, give her a hug? Like, what does it mean to like, be able, it's not just about romance either at all, but what does it mean to be able to hold hands with your partner? Like, it's just like being closer to people is a good thing, you know? And like, I'm happy that it, I don't look at it as like, it used to just feel like such a burden to me to like, oh, how long are we going to have to touch? Like, you know, how long are we going to have <laughs> how long? Like, or I was like hyper aware anytime somebody like brushed against me and it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. But just like over time, I started to like en- enjoy like physical touch. Mm-hmm. I definitely feel that too. Cause like, it's funny cause my mom was not affectionate with me when I was growing up, but recently I have just been, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to just push myself on her. And like, I'll be like <laughs> curled up next to her. I'll be like, just rubbing her arm. And sometimes she like shrug her shoulders, like get off me. But sometimes she just <laughs> let me lay on her. Yeah. Me and my mom have been doing that too. Like, it's so weird. Like I'll just put my foot near hers. <laughs> like, I'll just like put my foot on hers. And she'll be like, "Will you get them feet off me? <laughs> Something like that. And I'm just like, no. But then she left the dog lay on her. I'm like, whoa. Now, how, now what is that? How is that? Here? Yeah, that's what I said. My mom is super affectionate with the dog. It is mm-hmm. crazy. Yes. And if it's to the point where if I don't greet him or like give him like a hug or something, she would get mad at me. But you know what's wild? Me and my brothers are very, we've always been very, very like affectionate and on top of each other. Like my little brother, you know, he will come and sit directly on your lap at like seven years old. And I like, I think he kind of broke, <laughs> he broke me in that way a little bit. Cause I was like, nobody else is like, like this. But even now he's a kid, like now that he's no longer a kid, he'll come and like put his arm around my shoulder. And I'm like, yeah, I'm happy he's not growing up like feelings weird about that. Um, and another way I changed, I never thought I could be the bigger person and walk away from things. Like I always um, was raised to believe that like you don't let nobody disrespect you ever. You make an example of them, but you get tired, right? And I remember like people used to be telling me shit like, uh, it's not worth it. And I'm like, you just a punk. <laughs> like that's what I think about you. Like you just scared. You let people disrespect you. But you get older and you truly understand what that means. Like I just... I'm not going to pay you no mind. I'm not going to give you no energy. And also, it's my responsibility to de-escalate things, too. Mm-hmm. Like, when I can, I'm human. Sometimes I get mad. But, like, wow. Like, to be here, to be, like, letting people say and do a little dumb shit and me, like, turn the other cheek. It's just, like, it feels like such growth because I was not her when I was younger. But I just realized it's not sustainable to react to everybody. That's And it's a way they're controlling you. Yeah. Because people get so, I love that when, like, I ignore somebody, something they're doing, they just getting madder. I'm like, ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, baby. Mm-hmm. And people are just so complex. Like, sometimes people do things because they mad at themselves, not because they mad at you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And when you see the difference, like, because I've been seeing the difference, and I'm like, it's not even worth it because the demon that you fight in is within. Like, mm-hmm. it's not. 
There's nothing I can do. We literally just met. So I know I couldn't have done it. I haven't done shit to you. I just showed up here. So it's like the fact that you're mad. I'm just so happy. I'm just within close proximity of you. I haven't done a single thing to you. And it's like, I'm not going to keep, like, I'm not going to pay for it. I don't have to. I can't ignore you. And if that makes me a bitch, I'm allowed to be a bitch too. I'm allowed to say, I don't want to fight. I don't want to, you know, participate in this 30 years old. Like, it's okay to just not want to get into things. Um, Mm -hmm. What do you think makes us change like what what happens like what's the tipping point because again with like the vegan thing like it's always got to be something that's like i don't want to be like this no more i feel like um just i, I feel like just tormenting yourself like i know with <laughs> me like like i really felt like i was just like tormenting myself and i was like i felt like my emotion, it's nothing wrong with like emoting like very big, but I felt like I was letting people who just did not, who just weren't giving control my like emotions way too much. And as, and it might, it might sound cruel or whatever, but you got to realize them people don't be giving a fuck and it kills me to give a fuck when somebody don't. So mm-hmm. that motivates me to just not, and I sometimes take it way too far to like to the point of not like caring, but it has helped protect me because it's just like you can't. I know for me, the thing was you cannot out love somebody like you cannot pour into somebody so much and think they'll change because it's nope, not. Sure, it's can't. not. It's not going to be like that. No, they're not going to change because you remember their favorite color or you remember they like um, raisin cookies instead of chocolate chip. Like, that's not going to make somebody be like, oh, actually, she's the one. Like, it's not going to make somebody change like that. So you just got to like rock with who rock with you. And I've definitely seen the difference and seeing the difference has made me feel a bit more secure and it has made me feel like you know if I have to be alone if at least I know I have my standards like I know what I want and I'm like it don't feel good when I'm like chasing after somebody or trying to make something fit when it don't you know yeah so just like looking at everything from different angles and being like it feels so much better to be like oh well that happened and it didn't go anywhere, but it's okay. Like it's feels so much better to be like, Oh, like, you know, it does it hurt my feelings. Like, Oh, but it's not the end of the world. Like the bottom black ass line is like, what helps me push through is like knowing that it is not the end of the world. And there is always a bigger picture. There's other things out here that can fill you with love. It's just so much like, you know, it's life, baby. It's literally life, baby. And there's so it's there's always something to fill you with love. Like I know it don't feel like that all the time and it's okay to have a bad day, but I agree. It's just always something to fill you with love. But you have to be open to maybe receiving love in a way that you don't want it, you know? Like mm-hmm. sometimes you may be single, but you are receiving love from your friends. Sometimes you may not have friends, but you are receiving love from your partner. Sometimes you may not have a partner, but you're receiving love from like your 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 
parent or your family, like there's somebody out here that is giving you love and you can choose to lean into that. Like, I know it don't be feeling like a choice, but it is. And I think that's the part of growing up is realizing that even how we feel sometimes can be a choice. So mm-hmm. it's like leaning into those things. And even though it's not easy, it's just like, brick by brick you start to lay a brick of positivity you start to feel a little bit better and like build yourself back up again but yeah I 100% agree and I think for me um what makes me change is like stop imagine get out of my head like I have to get out of my head like sometimes Mm -hmm. I imagine things and I don't like how it feels when I imagine it so I assume that I don't like it you know and I'm just like well what I imagine versus what it would be like could be two completely different experiences and I think that like time has shown me that what I imagine usually don't be how it is at all mm-hmm. it's just like you can only think within the the boundaries of your mind and sometimes your mind can take you great places beyond reality and you can imagine cool things and that could be like ways in a way to how you innovate But sometimes your brain could hold you back and it can like imagine things that just simply aren't the case. And let's just say you've never been exposed to something. If you're imagining it, you're imagining it from like a a weak position because you've actually never experienced this before. So Mm -hmm. it's like if before you just count something out, you should probably try to experience it and and be patient and not expect yourself to have all the answers. Like with me, with like physical touch, like I'm like, oh, like I picture somebody like touching me that I don't like. That's a picture in a sense, essentially, or somebody like touching me without my consent or like me being feeling overwhelmed and, you know, things like that. Or I was being like in close quarters with somebody that I didn't really like that much. So, of course, I was like hyper aware of their touch. But then you get older and you start to like, one, become less sensitive to people touching you. Well, some people. And then two, you start to like people in different ways and have a little bit more complex relationships. You start to have different associations with touch. It's just like you have to give yourself some time and get out of your head and make sure like things you aren't imagining aren't like guiding your experience, you know, mm-hmm. like you just can't let that happen. Um I think for me, it's just be about being open, like just staying open and not being fixed. And what I hate today, I can love tomorrow. What I love today, I can hate tomorrow. And that's fine. Like, just kind of keep myself open. Mm-hmm. Um, So, like, it's so important to reflect. And I guess it's just important for us to think about, like, why is it important to think about things that we used to hate, but we don't hate anymore? Or things we just used to not be able to do, but we can do now. Like, why is it important to reflect on it? Because it's nice to say, for me, it's nice to say things out loud. Because, like, I know sometimes when you do a lot of mental work, you just don't think about it. But it's nice, like, to say it out loud and be like, hey, like, I really overcame that. Or, like, this is what I'm working through currently. Or I worked through that. Like, it's so nice to say it out loud because you're like, oh, this is how far I came. Or, like, you don't even know. Like, you know, some people might not know that's what you're working through. Or, um... Just you yourself, might I? Because I didn't even, re- I'm like, just to think about it. I'm like, yeah, like that shit used to weigh so heavy on me. And now I'm just like, I feel like whew, free of that. Yeah, for sure. It's about growth. Like, it's so important to see how far you've come because like I always, it's like there's always a challenge or like a hurdle I feel like I can't get over. Like in every 
stage in my life. And when I'm at that point where I'm just like, oh my God, this is so tough. I got to think back to a time where I'm like, where, where was I like five years ago? Like what was my hurdle? And like five years ago, my hurdle was becoming vegan. Like I wanted to become vegan so bad and I could like felt like I couldn't, but here I am. And people are saying the same thing to me. So it's like, oh my God, what if today's hurdle, like tomorrow, what if it's like just a thing of the past? It's only going to be a thing of the past if I, like, move forward. So I I like learning about other times where like, I got to the other side. I changed my perspective. I was able to, you know, like, weather the storm and just be completely different. So mm-hmm. that's why I really like to reflect. And specifically right now, it's like, like I said, it's another growth phase for both of us. So, like, what are some things that you're currently um, trying to, to get better at or improve um, I am trying to get better at, um, negative self-talk. Mm. Like, I really want, like, I do believe in myself. I really do. But there are some things, times where, like, things creep in my mind and I'm like, oh, you can't do that. Like, don't even go forward with it. And I have, I've been getting better at it, like doing things like I recently applied to two things that um I was like oh no you can't do that and I'm like oh no like just just see where it goes like just see where it goes and I'm like okay um but yeah getting better at like negative self-talk and like just really believing in yourself and believing in myself and like really believing in like my mind is powerful and like the things that I manifest can definitely come to flourish like I really truly have to believe that like in my like I don't I want it to be unshakable mm. that's mm. what I want I love that I love that and that's like so 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 important it's something that I try to it's something you gotta work on every day but over time you definitely can see yourself getting better at it which I feel like you have gotten a lot better with how you talk to yourself and about yourself over Thank time y'all um, for me, it's definitely, uh, it's a lot about my life that I love right now, but there are also a lot about, it's just like, I feel like I haven't really scratched the surface as far as like who I want to be. You know, I think th- this year was like the, the taste, like I got a little taste of it and I was like, oh, this is good. Like, this is delicious. Like, I really like this life. But, um, I have to, like, I'm still very scary about, doing things very separate from like my family. I'm very scary about like separating from like familiar groups of people. Um, Not because I'm not great at making new friends because I love making new friends, but because like my family is like my, my anchor. It's the most familiar thing to me. I've grown up in a big family and I have to challenge. And, but at the same time, when I think about my goals and my dreams, it requires me to go out to the world and like, just kind of like grow up a little bit more, you know? So for me, the next thing I want to focus on is evolving in a way that doesn't feel like I'm leaving my family behind because I never, ever, ever, ever want to do that. I want to evolve in a way where I don't feel like I'm leaving my friends behind because I never, ever, ever want to do that. 
I want to evolve in a way where I don't leave my values behind because I will never do that. And just keeping those things in the forefront while also like stepping into like a, the bigger version of me. And like, mm-hmm. that's just something like, I feel like, oh, I've always felt like it was uh, this or that. So I guess like just move, moving further away, like I want to relocate. I want to do all these things, but I'm just like so nervous because I'm like, oh, I think about what that actually means, what my day to day will look like without having like a network. But I'm like so like dead set on experience. I just realized like this is the choice. Like the choice is to stay comfortable and to to stay complacent and to stay kind of unhappy. Or the choice is to be uncomfortable, to have some adventures, to have some unpredictability, to have some isolation, to have some loneliness, but to also be opening yourself up to get opportunities that are beyond. Like nobody gets to sit in one, like name, name one of your heroes that sat in one space and got it all done from that one <laughs> place, that one location. And you just simply won't be able to name one because it's unheard of. It doesn't happen. You got to go out into the world. You can't expect the world to just come step, you know, drop on your lap. So mm-hmm. for me, it's just focusing on like getting out there, like going outside, being a bigger person. And like, I know one day I'm going to look like, oh my God, remember when I was scared to death to do anything separate from like my mom and my dad? Now it's just different. So that's what I'm hoping for. That's what I'm pushing for. That's what I know I need right now. Thank you. Thank you very much. That fight was loud as shit. <laughs> <laughs> so y'all let us know what you're working on. Let us know how you've changed. We love change. Um, speaking of change, I love the song I Am Changing from Dream Girls, sung by Jennifer Hudson. What a beautiful oh, yeah. song. She sung her ass off. She said, I am changing. <laughs> yeah. That's when she she got a new wig. She got humble. She had a baby. She was like, look, I'm I'm different. I ain't just thinking Effie White. Y'all once knew. <laughs> Say that. <laughs> she was being turb. <laughs> but um, yeah, so let us know. Follow us on the socials. Hit us up on Patreon. On the socials, you can hit us up on Instagram at Black Girl Brunch, on Twitter, BLK Girl Brunch. Follow me on Instagram at Imam Matei. Follow me on Twitter at It's Matei and Sabria. At FrankenFem underscore and it's, oh, FrankenFem underscore on Twitter and it's FrankenFem on Instagram. Yeah. That's it, y'all. That's the show. Goodbye. Peace.